0: Hello and welcome to the Geek Embassy watches Infinity War. I am your host Dante Buccieri, and I am joined today by our illustrious panel of guests: Tahani, Regina, Max, and Evan. Say hello, everybody.
1: Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody.
0: Of course, you did. Of course, that's exactly <laughs> what I would do. <laughs> exactly
1: what you did.
0: Fantastic <laughs> Have a times to me. <laughs> so, um, I mean, yeah, that's okay. Karma is a is a cruel, cruel mistress. Sometimes, yes, it
2: is.
0: <laughs> so, uh, so as as we stated, we are here to talk about the latest latest Marvel blockbuster slash cultural phenomenon slash the quickest movie to ever gross a billion dollars, uh, Avengers: <laughs> Infinity War. It is the culmination of eighteen. Marvel movies spanning over 10 years, uh, featuring the Mad Titan Thanos. He's the man who we first saw teased at the end of 2012's The Avengers, and it's basically covering his quest to get all six infinity stones, which have also been teased throughout these last 18 Marvel movies and his plans to basically wipe out half the universe and commit the largest act of genocide ever known to history. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Two and a half hours later. Um,
3: this movie actually, hold up. Yeah. Back up. Go ahead. This movie already broke a billion dollars.
0: Already broke in- a billion dollars worldwide. It's impressive it, it broke 700 or 650 million at the end of its first weekend, which is the it's largest already, opening yeah. movie ever.
4: It's already yeah. made most in its opening weekend than most movies make in their entire run.
0: Yeah, it's uh it was something it was something in the neighborhood of 25 million dollars short of making what Justice League made in its entire theatrical run <laughs> in <Wow>. one weekend. <laughs> Which yeah, just goes to show you, you know, just how terrible those DCs were. Oh God, all of them! Like, we've I'm- also
5: dedicated a large portion of our lives at this point to caring about these characters and whatnot. Like I know more about the Avengers team than I do about my own family at this point.
0: <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, you're not wrong. <laughs> I I can echo that sentiment, like. You know, off offhand, I could probably go ahead and tell you Captain America's real name before I tell you my sister's middle name. Like, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I hope your I hope families you. don't watch
3: this. I my family does listening. not watch
0: this.
5: Okay. <laughs> Mine does, but they know they know all of this. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> anyways, um, yeah. I mean, I think I want to start off with uh, with something that I have been reading from a couple of a couple of folks who have been leveling the same bit of criticism um, was was with regards to the history of Infinity War. Um, this, of course, starts all in 2008 with Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man vehicle, goes all the way up through and includes uh, 2018's Black Panther. And one of the main criticisms that I had heard of the movie was that it doesn't particularly do well at standing alone as a movie by itself you need to have gone through all of all of iron man all the way through black panther in order to watch this or really appreciate what this movie is and what it does and i guess considering how ambitious it is i mean what do you all think of that because i'm sure that you've read the same reviews that i have
3: I mean, that's like saying The Two Towers doesn't stand on its own two feet because you don't know anybody. It's a sequel. It's a sequel and a part of a series. Of course, it's going to have a little bit of a harder time standing on its own because it's assuming you've watched all these other movies. And well, that's just me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I and, uh, and the counter argument that I've heard to that was, was like, oh, well, you know, The Lord of the Rings was billed as a trilogy. Star Wars was billed as a trilogy.
3: Well, well, technically uh, Lord of the Rings was never meant to be a trilogy, just one big book, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I pulled that. I mean as
0: far, well, as, far as, as far as the movies concerned, the movies were always meant to be a trilogy.
1: Okay,
3: fair.
4: The Avengers, the first one was billed as a crossover, because that's what it was. It was billed as the main appeal being seeing all these different heroes from these other sort of uh, franchises mixed together for the first time. That's what you were coming to see. So if you don't like that, you're not going to like the second one and you're not going to like the third one. Just, that just seems brainless to me that anybody would critique it for being exactly what it was always supposed to be.
2: Yeah, I guess I always had the impression that this was building toward something and that they were all going to converge. And maybe that was just because I had read enough or seen enough online about that being the you know, eventual outcome of it. Um, and that's the thing, like, they'd they never have stood on their own. Like, I, I think I told you this story. I think I told this story when we were talking about Black Panther. I can't remember for sure. Um, but I, and I still, to this day, haven't seen um, Captain America, Winter Soldier. I haven't seen Winter Soldier. And Winter Soldier. It does, I know. And everybody says it's, like, so good, and I haven't seen it. Like, it's on my list of things I want to see, but I just haven't gotten around to it yet. But yeah, Um, I didn't see that. And then I went into the second Avengers movie, which starts in the middle of the action, right? It starts in the middle of the end of um, Winter Soldier. Like, literally, they're in a fight that they're mm-hmm. in the end of in the other movie. Yeah. And I'm like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I didn't blame that on the movie. I blamed that on myself for not realizing how interconnected that piece was to the entire, the whole, the narrative as a whole.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just I. I feel like at this point, the Avengers has the Avengers as a franchise has been around for ten years. They are fairly firmly entrenched in pop culture. I'm sure that if I you know if you walk out in the street on any in, in, in any city you ask a random person or like 100 random people like name three avengers for me like 90% of the people will be able to do it for you like if it, this is this is not a this is not a a, a niche thing anymore this is an no. actual piece of pop culture fabric that yeah. everyone knows who captain america and thor and black widow and the hulk are everyone just knows this and everyone knows like, Oh yeah. Like these Avengers movies, you kind of have to watch them in order. Like, sure. They're not labeled like volume one, volume two, volume three, like neither are the Harry Potter movies. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like you you have to do a little bit of research to figure out that, you know, that, that chamber of secrets comes before order of the Phoenix, you know? And if you don't watch movies one through four, you're not going to understand what movie number five is doing or why all these people are all of a sudden so important. Just seems seems ridiculous to me to have uh, I, to have that
1: even
2: with that i still think that it's st- it could stand on its own mm-hmm. you know How's i so? don't i don't think you'd have the depth of understanding like what was happening in the story but just like knowing that he was coming for the stones
1: uh-huh.
2: knowing that they were in different places different people had them you can understand the basic basis of the plot without the depth that you have knowing the characters, we have more attachment to the characters having watched them. But I think you could still get the gist of the movie just on its own.
1: Okay.
0: So uh, Louise, I guess that leads into another one of the points that I wanted to bring up um, this is something that we also brought up with our uh, TGE Watches Runaways, uh, which you can find archived on our YouTube channel, hashtag was plugging, um, <laughs> so, where we thought that Runaways was one of the most ambitious uh, Marvel television shows, or one of the most ambitious superhero genre shows of, of all time, because they're balancing such a gargantuan cast. Uh, I think it's almost safe to say that Avengers Infinity War does that and then, and then goes e- even beyond that in terms of size yeah. and scope. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. They weren't on how well did planets. they balance that?
2: They weren't in different planets and runaways. Who
0: no, knows? yeah. Like, yeah, they, they were, were all in Malibu. Planet.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh. But, you
0: know, I mean, how well did they balance it? Because I mean, I mean, bouncing between you know wherever the you know wherever the Guardians were and on you know and then where Iron Man was on Titan and then where everybody else is on Earth and then you know Thor and Rockets you know like bromance side quest to, to, <laughs> to Nidavellir. Like yeah. speaking of which, like. Thor and Rocket was the bro-TP that I never knew that I wanted, but now I want <laughs> it forever.
5: I wanted to see Rocket and Falcon uh, interact, and they never did, but I, that was something I secretly wanted to see happen, and I can't really explain to you why.
3: Well, Falcons hunt raccoons, don't they?
0: They do. He I had, mean, Falcon a also has, like, Uzis in Yeah,
4: he, he, he did have that line where he said, I, I can't remember what, what exactly he said, but he was like, Something like I don't fight I don't. raccoons, I eat them. Yeah. I, like
5: that. Yeah, and that was great. That was as close as I was gonna get.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I, I just wanted him to steal Bucky's arm, but
1: <laughs> we all did. I think we I think did.
0: everybody did. Yeah. That that wasn't that was another one of the moments that I think that you know, that Tumblr just exploded when they saw Winter Soldier pick up Rocket and they yep. do the twirl around thing. <laughs> it just made me so happy. <laughs> I realized that, that objectively it is really stupid and would probably it never work, but I want it. I want just, I want that to happen all the time in every single movie for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> right. so, so, and, so back to the question though, did all of you think it was well balanced at all?
3: Um, I felt it was pretty well balanced and pretty well paced. Like it didn't feel like a near three hour movie to me. Like, yeah, scene to scene to scene to scene it just flowed and went very very nicely it it almost didn't skip a beat from at least that's how i saw it so i think it worked very well cool. at like least it. yeah
0: oh yeah no that absolutely i i I looked at my watch afterwards and i thought to myself like oh goodness i have been in here for almost three hours <laughs> mm-hmm. what is happening Anybody else have any dissenting opinions on that? Did anyone feel like this was a slog?
4: I definitely didn't feel like it took too long. I feel like in terms of balance, it was... Like, in terms of, like, character balance, there were a, a, hand, a tiny, a few people who I felt were underutilized. Um, I feel like most notably was Black Panther. We have barely any T'Challa yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. We have a fair bit of Wakanda, and yep. that was amazing. But we have barely any T'Challa, which I thought was kind of odd. But I guess they kind of didn't really know where to put him. Mm
1: -hmm. So, like, I
4: I kept expecting more, and I thought it was kind of odd that they didn't really... Like, they very much saved everything Wakanda-related till the very, very end, which I thought might have been a bit of a misstep. It could have probably benefited them to reference it earlier on, Mm -hmm. show what... What Wakanda's doing when they discover the alien ship coming down in New York or something like that. Uh, it would have just been good to introduce it before the third act, I think. But other than that, I felt everything.
2: Yeah, out. I felt like it was late, too. And I felt like I didn't get to see Suri enough. Suri enough.
4: You um, I mean, <laughs> got to see Okoye fighting right next to Black Widow. Yeah. That was, so
5: cool. That was cool. Yeah. That was cool, but I never feel like we get to see Okoye enough. No, (laughs) like we could just have a movie (laughs) about her. Of like that wasn't long
1: enough. Yeah, pretty much.
0: I I entirely agree. Yeah, she should be Black Panther now. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So, but yeah, I I mean, in terms of things that I didn't see enough of, uh, Black Widow was certainly one of the those people. Um, Like she she had, she she had that wonderful fight scene with uh, with Captain America versus. The the two scions of uh, of Thanos plus um let's see uh, in Scotland in the beginning of the movie yeah
2: that's when they they find Vision
0: yeah when they find Vision and then she had that spectacular uh, fight scene with her and Okoye versus uh, Proxima Midnight in the Battle of Wakanda at the end I I nearly lost my mind when I saw that fight (laughs) happening (laughs) it was it was everything that I ever wanted. And then she just kind of disappeared again. And I was very sad. Yeah. I cried a lot. <laughs> um, but I mean, can we, can, I mean, since we're talking about things that we, that we wished we saw, can we also talk about uh, some notable absence, mostly like where in God's name was Tessa Thompson and why wasn't she in this movie? <laughs> right. I mean, I like, like Valkyrie was, at least for me the best part of, of, uh, of Thor yeah. Ragnarok yeah. like hands down the best part of Thor yeah. Ragnarok and that's saying a lot because I love practically everything about Thor Ragnarok um,
2: uh, and... hashtag shameless plug go check out Tahani's article <laughs> on why Thor Ragnarok sucks
0: yeah
1: also that too
0: <laughs> <laughs> Um, I wasn't going to
5: say anything because you're perfectly uh, welcome to have your opinion, even though I don't agree with anything you just said. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, still, like I like I thought I thought she was great. I thought it didn't. I mean, it, it coming coming just come down to the brass tag. It doesn't really make sense why she wasn't in the movie at, at the all. end of at the end of Thor Ragnarok. She is on the ship that gets attacked at mm-hmm. the beginning of Infinity War. And she's nowhere to be seen. (laughs) Like, really?
3: Yeah, she got killed off camera.
4: I think we're meant to assume that some of them escaped, but they should have really shown that. That's a pretty
5: big assumption with what happened to that ship, though. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I mean, Thor did say several times that Thanos slaughtered half the people. Right. So I guess like my my guessing at this point is that half the half the ship got into escape pods and left s- to somewhere I have no wherever idea that
2: would
0: be. yeah yeah wherever know. that would be and I'm I guess I am to assume that uh, that that Valkyrie is with them but it's not shown um, maybe, maybe in part you know, two like maybe in part two she comes back I would be really excited about that because Honest to I goodness, like I was
5: back sometime. Like I would be sad if she just died off a screen because she was the best part of Thor Ragnarok. She was good. Yeah.
0: Oh no, she was yeah, she was positively wonderful. Um I would
4: like to yeah. see Korg as well.
0: Oh yeah, I would absolutely love to see Korg. <laughs> because <laughs> because he was the second best part of Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. See, look at that. Thor's not even in the top two p- things that are that are best about Thor <laughs> Ragnarok. <laughs> um, My favorite person about and anything Deadpool. in Thor is dead. Oh. Oh, God, yeah, Heimdall. Oh. Right?
5: He was the only person that was even, like, yeah. ever seemed to care about Asgard. Like, Loki was off being Loki and Thor was off doing Thor things. Like, he was the only person there for the people. And he's. I'm very sad.
1: No, yeah. I mean, <laughs> at least
0: at least he died a heroic death. I mean, and of yeah. course, like behind the scenes, like, like behind the scenes, like I know Idris Elba like wanted out of these movies because he's on to bigger and better things. You know, like being the spectacular actor that he is, uh, doesn't want to be tied into more Marvel Universe movies.
4: So
1: bigger and
0: you know. better
4: things than the top-grossing film of all time. Okay, Idris.
0: I mean, you know. <laughs> I know what you mean, but. Come
5: on. Real world things. I understand why they weren't able to put Paul Rudd in this one because he was I assume filming Ant-Man 2, which is about to come out. But what about um what about Hawkeye? Was there an actual reason he wasn't around because that broke my heart a little bit too. Yeah, I, too. yeah.
0: I don't know if there He's... was a behind the scenes reason for him. Um, but I know like like audiences are kind of hot hot and cold on the character. It's like, they're, they're, for everyone that really likes him, there's another person that's just like, why is a guy with bows and arrows here?
5: So you and, mean there's like a 50% chance that he could have died?
1: I actually <laughs> have a theory.
4: I think one of the first things we're going to see in the second movie, this is just a prediction, I think one of the first things we're going to see is him sitting down with his family, all happy and retired, and then all of a sudden his entire family turns to dust, and he's sitting there watching, and he's like, oh, I guess I'm unretired again, and my family's dead, and I'm sad. That's yeah. hey.
5: I kind of expected yeah. that. But.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm also expecting that, I mean, and I I, I admire that they gave some actual plausible reasons why they're kind of not around for this movie. As I mean, for for those of you who don't remember what happened at the end of Civil War, hashtag shameless plugging. Read my articles that are recapping all of the MCU <laughs> movies. This is specifically referenced in Article uh, Three for the Phase Three movies. Um, at, the of at the end of Civil War, Phase Three, yeah, uh, exactly. At the end of Civil War, Captain America's buddies all get. Uh, all get basically locked up in the raft, which is basically basically Alcatraz, but in the New York Harbor. Um, you know, because reasons, because everything has to revolve around New York in the in the Marvel universe. And
1: well, why not? Um, well, yes.
0: yeah, because of course. Um, <laughs> and among those people were Falcon and Ant Man and Hawkeye. Um, Falcon. Got out with uh, with Captain America's. He broke him out at the end of the movie, but they told us within Infinity War that Ant Man and Hawkeye took a plea deal and were both on house arrest uh, because it was too hard for their families to uh, for them to be in jail for extended periods of time. Right. Which, considering how how much they have delved into that in the one Ant Man movie, as well as in Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Um, how family focused yeah, both of those characters are. I felt mm-hmm. like for for all of the people that were absent from the movie, that that in universe reason made the most sense.
2: So it really does. It does. Yeah, and I could I could hang with that. I was okay with that. I I'm still annoyed at I don't know what they're doing with Bruce Banner and Hulk, but mm-hmm. I was just annoyed at, just that the whole time that he couldn't actually like do anything.
0: Okay. That is a very interesting perspective because I have the exact <laughs> opposite opinion. Um, why was this annoying?
2: Because, Oh, I don't know if it's no, you know, partially my expectation is that he's going to Hulk out at the right moment and, mm-hmm. you know, do the thing. Yeah. Um, do the Hulk thing. Just do the Hulk thing. And it just kept like, ah, uh,
1: uh. um, what? I, ac-
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I listened to some other podcasts, and one of them was talking about Infinity War. Their theory was that, um, in their theory was in the movie time. What was it? I think in Avengers One, Bruce Banner had only been Hulk for about a year, if you included all that time together. So Hulk himself was, according to this theory, like like a one year old and at this point hulk is reaching his 3 or 4 year old state he's being rebellious and oh, so just he's doesn't want having to come a
5: toddler out. tantrum
3: yes basically
5: i think it's more likely that because he shows up right at the beginning on the ship mm-hmm. and he loses which doesn't happen to the hulk yeah. i think he might be embarrassed
0: um i that i mean, also-
4: that would be out of him. yeah that
0: yeah. That, is, that is my that was my theory as well is that Hulk got beat, and not only did he get beat, he got beat handily. Inside That's of fresh. 30 seconds, yeah, he got, he absolutely got trans. Inside of 30 seconds, he was on the floor unconscious. Well,
5: I guess, and I, I think, think,
4: think uh, Go ahead. I don't think anyone's ever done that before in the MCU that I can remember. Like, I don't think, like, in his Edward Norton version, I don't think Abomination ever, like, brought him to that level. And when he fought Iron Man in the Hulkbuster suit, I it was kind of basically a tie. So I, this is like the first time that I can recall where Hulk was like straight up just obliterated.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So he's like a little kid who finally figured out losing.
2: Yeah. So I guess that's part of my perhaps misunderstanding. Cause I don't know the comics in this series, mm-hmm. which, you know, you hear me say a lot cause I don't, I haven't read a lot of comics, but I guess I always thought of the Hulk being still being Bruce Banner, just like kind of the primal um, expression of him. Like I didn't think of Hulk as being like a different consciousness. And this made it sound more like, when he goes to pull him out it's actually like the hulk because because it was always something that bruce banner didn't control right don't make me angry Uh make me angry you wouldn't like me when i'm angry blah 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 right it comes out so i always thought it was like the base instinct manifest with you know what he had been exposed to and all the technology he had been exposed to and that's what brought out it was still him it was still bruce banner it was just like the dark primal alter ego of bruce sanders so but essentially what you guys are saying and what this seems to be saying is that hulk is a completely separate consciousness
0: correct yeah hulk, hulk is a completely separate person um yeah, know, like, i mean and and of course you wouldn't know this without reading very many of the comics but hulk like like when Hulk refers to refers to Banner, it's always as a separate person. He's never really referring to himself. He's always talking about how puny Banner is and how weak Banner is and how he's yeah, they the, hate
4: each other. Yeah, they
0: yeah. These two have an extraordinarily antagonistic relationship. Um, okay. and it it it's base it's basically it's basically multiple personality disorder, you know, cranked up to twelve.
5: Right. Cranked up to Hulk size. Yeah, the thing pretty much. Is that the MCU does seem to explain everything within its own universe without you having to read the comic books, so there'll probably be an explanation soon. Well, I assume so because he kept saying no,
2: and then there was like you know the dialogue where Bruce would say, "What do you mean no?"
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so I, I that was really the the first time I had kind of come across that
1: uh-huh.
2: you know idea that they were. I when I, mean, I don't know too because I remember watching the old the old TV show. And I don't think that that was. No,
3: that was very different. Very different.
2: Yeah. That was very different from this. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's a very different version, but I, th- I thought it was, I'm sorry, Max, I didn't mean to cut you off.
3: Oh no. I they, was, like- I was just trying to hide back from laughing. Oh. at thinking they, of gray Hulk.
4: They kind of sort of show that in Thor Ragnarok, I think more than any other version where they show that distinctly Because up until that point hulk is barely even like vocal he, he like he's hulk smash and that's about as much as he can right by the time of thor ragnarok the hulk's personality has evolved to the point where he's a fully independent being and he's got his own desires his own personality in general terms and he more or less seems to like himself Mm-hmm. he is that's why he doesn't let banner out because he likes existing kind of and mm-hmm. so right. i feel like we're sort of seeing the other side of it now and like we also in that movie banner says he's hesitant to become the hulk again because he's afraid he might never get to come back right hulk might not let him
0: oh uh, so. yeah yeah i mean and also in ragnarok he you know banner also has said you know he it's always felt like you know he and Hulk always had one hand on the wheel together. And for the two years that he was in the gladiator arena, it was like Hulk was completely in the driver's seat and banner was locked in the trunk. Right. And, you know, it's, yeah. So it's less of, I mean, yeah, it's, it's less of banner being, you know, being uh, a channel of rage for the Hulk mm-hmm. and more of uh, and more of like these are two people fighting Different over, brain. fighting over like Same one brainstem body. basically.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: so, I, found you know, I, I found it. I found it honest to goodness refreshing because for as you know, for as much Hulk media as I have consumed, which like, is not much. I'm not the biggest Hulk fan, but I you know, but I've I've done my research and I've I've read a lot of the a lot of like the big titles uh, for him, and like in his in all the comics that I've ever read, and all the TV shows, and the movies, and everything, I have never seen the Hulk back down from a fight before like mm-hmm. it was positively astounding to just say, like is Hulk actually being a chicken right now like, is he actually backing down and using the whole like my back was up against the wall and the sun was in my eyes
1: like, <laughs>
0: that's basically what he was doing the entire movie I, I i thought it was i, I thought it was a a, a, a wonderfully unique Thing to do with the hulk that i don't think has has been done since the 60s i mean i'm sure that somebody in the comment section is probably going to prove me wrong but <laughs> <laughs> that's so and that's okay i'm not that that's big of a hulk fan um, that's what the comment section is for too, as well but i i found it incredibly refreshing not to mention i got two and a half hours of mark ruffalo who is not a yeah. slouch of an actor himself
2: no that's true he actually i actually saw him on um and it was Jimmy Kimmel, and he's like, you know, they don't even use my face on the posters.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> you
2: know? I know, it's just funny. He's like, yeah, I don't use my face.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I yeah. and I thought that's, I thought that Hulk being absent, largely absent from the movie, gave Bruce Banner a lot of time to shine because mm. if you think about it, like we haven't really seen a whole lot of Bruce Banner throughout these movies. Mm. We like we've seen we've seen at best a 50/50 split between banner and hulk and and we get to see a lot of scared meek and timid bruce banner and what i thought mm-hmm. and what i thought was great about hulk being as as, as chickeny as he was being was uh, was the fact that we got to see bruce banner really come into his own deliver his elements and 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 develop a big sense of self confidence.
5: And him saying uh, "Screw you, I'll do it myself" really points out that like Bruce Banner has a spot as a hero. It's not yeah, yeah. just Hulk as that's an Avenger. Yeah. Like, he deserves to be part of this group. Cool.
4: And okay, usually, if you I think about, about it, like kind of Hulk is the character, and Banner is the plot device. Like usually, they don't when like stuff is going to be done. It's the Hulk doing it. Like right. Usually when they bring Banner in, he's just there to be a deus ex machina. He's there to right. invent Ultron
0: or yeah. there
4: to, I don't know, figure out how to use the spaceship or whatever. It, he's the one they bring in to solve a particular problem that needs to be fixed for the plot to advance. And then when the yeah. plot actually advances, it advances with the Hulk. So it's nice to see him actually get to be active in the story rather than kind of just popping in to fix the problem and then pop out again
2: Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah he yeah we we no longer get you know Hulkus ex machina (laughs) (laughs) it's it's wonderful Uh, yeah so let's uh let's shift gears a little bit we've been talking a lot about heroes um i would really love to talk about the villain
1: yes
0: uh, this is a villa we've been we've been teased since the end credit scene of Avengers in 2012. Yep. Um, this Goodness. is Thanos, the Mad Titan, father of Gamora, uh, voiced and uh, and motion captured all by Josh Berlin And I mean, th- th- like this is him. This is this is the MCU's Darth Vader. This is the, this, this is you know the the Palpatine the uh, the, you know, the the. Sauron. Sauron. Yeah, I, I was. I was struggling to think of any other iconic villains besides <laughs> besides him for now, for right now because I'm just blown away by him. Um, yeah, I mean, like, like this is the ultimate. You know, this is the ultimate evil. But is he really? I mean, was he wrong? <sighs> <Yes. laughs> <laughs> short, answer,
4: short yes. answer yes it's bad to kill half <laughs> of,
2: half of humanity lives. so yes i'm going to go on the record as saying he was bad
0: i'm not mm, arguing that so he, good I'm, at it i'm not arguing that he's not he's
2: charismatic
4: he's compelling but he's, he's very
2: bad. compelling <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. oh i'm certainly not yeah. arguing that he's not bad i'm 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 simply arguing that he's not wrong about the problem that the universe had.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah. You got
2: it, it was too simplistic of an answer.
0: A- absolutely. Absolutely you know, too simplistic of an answer.
2: It was just too simplistic of an answer, and that's where I think you almost always have a villain fall into, well, this is so easy to solve, we'll just do this. We're seeing some sort of black and white future, yeah. and I think that's where you definitely have your sort of bad guys and your villains live. So
0: yeah um i mean and like i I found him just like everyone was saying compelling charismatic, mm-hmm. and it was um and not to mention it, extraordinarily realistic or at least as realistic as I have ever seen a computer uh generated character
4: oh yeah oh, yeah
0: in, rea- uh, in in screen
4: yeah for sure
0: yeah the the <laughs> the is Uncanny valley that- is incredible with him,
4: yeah. Even when you compare him to Hulk, since they're basically created the exact same way yeah. by the exact same people, he he just seemed so... Like, obviously Hulk doesn't have a whole lot of nuance in his expressions. He's, like, <laughs> varying shades of angry. But, like, Thanos, like, you got it when he felt sad, and you got it when he was gloating, and you, you got it when he was feeling complex emotions about what he should do, and, like, you considering that he was a giant purple prune man that's really hard to pull off and i also it's can we just take a moment to appreciate just how incredibly easy it would have been for thanos to fall flat as a villain oh, yes. after all oh, these yeah. years of build up yes so like, much we've seen little yep. b- Bits of him here and there, and he's never doing anything. And he's, like, gathered kind of this reputation over the years for that. He's almost become a joke, because he's just the guy who sits in the chair all the time and tells (laughs) other people what to do. It would have been so easy for him to fall flat and feel like he was underwhelming. We've built him up as this big, big bad. We've set the expectations so high, and he hasn't done anything yet to earn them. But here... He just completely steals the show for most of the movie, yeah, and he- you entirely buy him as a monster, but also as a complex character who doesn't deserve to get what he is trying to do. But you 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 understand him. You understand what his his motivation is, and you
3: you just you get him. I posit that he is the real protagonist of the movie. Uh, he, ooh protagonist, not hero. Yeah.
1: yeah but he is the
3: main character.
0: I yeah, I can I I'd back that. I would absolutely back that that
1: mm-hmm. I, mean,
2: I think he's the yeah. protagonist for the entire series though, too. I mean he's the whole reason why all of these movies are happening.
3: Yeah. yeah. It's That's all true. sort of, it's all sort of centered around him. A lot of the action yeah. is either it's, done by this him is, or
2: Okay. So um uh oh God, who's the guy who did Citizen Kane? Orson Welles. Orson Welles mm-hmm. um, did a movie called The Third Man. Has anybody seen this?
0: I've, I've never heard of this movie. Okay.
2: I
1: don't believe um, so. Uh, it
2: was, it. well, obviously in Orson Welles' time, so it's, you know, about the 50s or so. Um, yeah. And essentially, the third man is like the, the character who is looked for throughout the entire movie and only appears in the third act. Mm-hmm. And so he said it was the best role that he ever played because he was the third man. Um, because, like, you're talked about for two thirds of uh-huh. the movie and then you only have to, like, act in one third of it. Right. Mm-hmm. So well, that's literally what <laughs> Thanos did in this. 18 movies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah <laughs> I mean,
2: into the one where he actually got to act yeah. in it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) where we actually got to see his character but i mean think about the depth of attachment we have to him as a villain because he has been the pinnacle for like all of these different movies
0: yeah i mean talk about the
2: build-up right like
0: six years of build up (laughs) yes
2: that's that's quite the investment to have in a character and so it is you know like evan said like it could have been I think it was Evan. It could have been very flat. It could have been very bad. He could have been horrible, or was it Dante? You said I can't remember now. Oh, I don't remember. Evan. Did say that. Okay, but it could have. It could have just. And then the, the whole, the whole thing would have fallen apart. <laughs> yeah. Like all of these movies and all of this build up. So, I third honestly, man all over again.
4: Mm -hmm. Honestly, I I feel like there's some signs, too, if you look back on the entire series up to this point, that they really didn't entirely know what they were going to do when they got to this point. Oh, I agree. If you think about it, the first Avengers, Thanos already has two of the gems and he loses them. Because he's got the one in Loki's staff and he's got the Tesseract and he throws them on Earth for no obvious reason and loses them. Wait, does he have the Tesseract? He has the tesseract, like he gets it at the very beginning. Like Loki gets it, but Loki's working for him at the time. So, like at the very beginning of the movie, before they Uh, Yeah, all
0: right. So, okay. I was about to say, like, oh yeah. So he didn't. All right. So he didn't like own the tesseract. It was just like it was being it was procured for him, but never actually in his possession. Yeah,
5: he's one of the many, many people that trusted Loki. (laughs) Yeah. Right.
0: The fools.
4: Well, he <laughs> used Loki, and he apparently, like, we don't see the backstory, but he, it seems that he's the one who got Loki the scepter that
0: had the mind stone in it. It is, so yeah. It, it is heavily implied that that's what happened. Yes. He
4: at least was the one who arranged for him to have it. So, mm-hmm. like,. At the beginning, like if he hadn't invaded New York and caused the Avengers to form, he probably could have easily gotten the Tesseract away from Loki. So Mm -hmm. the plan of the first Avengers doesn't really seem to fit with this one. But Mm -hmm. miraculously, I don't care. So yeah, I I just think it's. I think that what I'm kind of getting at is I think that fact that it's. It seems like they didn't really have a full plan of what Thanos' whole deal was at the very beginning of this, and it's they still managed to pull him off as an effective, overarching mega villain for the entire franchise.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean it was clear that they were kind of content with doing or with with having him be the the manipulator from from his giant chair. Uh, you know, because he like he was he was clearly content to send Loki to go and get get you know, the tesseract for him and use you know and by the way use the Mind Stone to do it. And mm-hmm. he was content to let Ronan the Accuser go and get the Power Stone for him. Oh, but by the way, like sorry, like I'm gonna slam this into my giant hammer and I'm gonna get defeated in a dance off because you know, that's a thing
1: that happens.
0: <laughs> um, and then, and then it was. It wasn't really until the end of Age of Ultron, because I've seen these movies a billion and a half times, where that it's that end credits scene where he puts on the Infinity Gauntlet himself, and he, he he says, "Fine, I'll finally do it myself." And that's when it finally starts to coalesce, and you know, kind of prove your point. That's when they start ramping into, "Oh, hey, look at that! All of these Infinity Stones are suddenly just kind of popping up after millennia of." being these artifacts of legend.
3: Because he finally decided to get up out of the chair.
0: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) I'm going to myself. You know, yeah, if you you want something done, you better do it yourself.
1: Mm -hmm. He
5: also kind of implied that he was looking for a successor, though, somebody to follow in his footsteps if something happened to him, so it might be one of the reasons why he sent all of his minions out instead, hoping that one of them would uh, succeed.
2: Yeah. Well, Um, because he says that to Gamora, too.
0: Yeah. Speaking of Gamora. I, mean, I, I did that on purpose. Segway, man. I did that on purpose. Well, I mean, I, I was, I was going to segue into it with, you know, speaking of doing things yourself, but speaking of Gamora, it works just as well. Um, let's talk about Gamora, uh, namely the question that's pretty much on everybody's mind. Was she fridged or wasn't she? Yeah, she oh, did. Was. She no, did. I
5: don't
1: she think be.
0: she
5: is.
2: Yep. Yeah. I don't think she's dead either, but I think she was refrigerated.
0: All right. So Tahani, you seem to be the dissenting voice in this. Why was she not fridged?
2: Maybe I don't understand what you guys mean by fridge. Yes. I, I think you we know need either. a definition, yeah. Dante. I think you need to give it because we've used this term before, and I think that we've never actually established what it means.
0: Okay. So uh, so fridged is a, is a term that was developed in the late 90s by fan-favorite fan favorite comic book author Gail Simone, uh, famous for birds of prey and wonder woman uh it was used to describe an event that happened in a green lantern comic where kyle rayner came in and found his girlfriend murdered by a one of his one of his supervillains major force uh which is a dumb name um but she was not only murdered but literally shoved into a refrigerator chopped into bits and shoved into a refrigerator um and Gail Simone read that comic and developed a database called Women in Refrigerators about all the women in the comics, and it has since expanded to you know, women in all sorts of media who are murdered for the express purpose of advancing the plot of the male protagonist or the male-presenting protagonist –
1: Hmm. So, oh. but,
0: so when yeah. we say that a a, pers- a, a a woman specifically got fridged, this is what we mean.
4: Right. Okay. I don't because, think that applies here.
0: Yeah. Oh, I think
2: it totally applies here. All right. Yeah, so I changed Evan. my answer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tahani, you're off the hook. Evan, what about you?
4: Well, I don't think it applies because for one thing – all the other Guardians of the Galaxy except Rocket are dead too, so it's not like it's to advance Star Lord since he's gone. It's
2: not for like, Star Lord. It was it's for, for Thanos. <laughs> well, if it's
1: and for he's the protagonist.
2: <laughs> we already established that.
4: <laughs> well, okay. If, if you're looking at it that way, I'm thinking we got to think in multiple levels because there's the right Avengers, and then there's the Guardians of the Galaxy situation. So, like, I would if I was thinking of her being fridged, I would be thinking of her being. Killed off as a part of Star Put on North's Ice, yeah. Arc, which doesn't apply since he's gone along with all the rest of them, which incidentally, uh, a Guardians of the Galaxy 3 has been confirmed most of them are going to come back. In they're some all
2: way, in but nobody died in this movie.
4: Mm-hmm. I'm not convinced of that.
2: Nobody I'm died. That Heimdall died.
4: But, <laughs>
2: yes. But I think that's true.
4: For one thing, I don't necessarily believe Gamora is actually dead. I don't either. I have a feeling that, I, I a feeling that the Soul Stone more kind of absorbed her or entrapped her. In he
5: talks to her inside of it. The sky's all orange. Like, that's that's gotta be what happened. The sky is yeah. orange. Yeah. The little stone and He's talking to her. Anyway, <laughs> yep. keep going. Sorry.
4: But also, like, I don't think... I don't think, like, the, the term fridging really applies here because they have always had an antagonistic relationship. He's an abusive figure for mm-hmm. her. Like, mm-hmm. he's... Like, it's it's one of the reasons why I think he's such a compelling villain, because he has a realistic kind of abusive father figure relationship with her. Like, we know he's not her actual father, but he has the kind of relationship that you have where you can be cruel and violent and vicious and manipulative and destructive to your child and still occasionally do things... That a normal parent would do, and show expressions of "quote unquote" love, which is one of the reasons. Like we see her conflict when she, when he uh, uses the the manipulation, the vision.
0: So the reality stone. Yeah.
4: Killed him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where she thinks she's killed him, and she weeps for him, and he's like, "Oh, you're crying for me after all," because like she genuinely is conflicted because of the nature of their destructive relationship. And there's, like, a question that comes up here and there, like, would you have the strength to kill me? And she doesn't seem to be completely sure she would, even though she genuinely hates him and knows he's evil, but he's still kind of got his hooks into her. So, like, considering the dynamic between them, I don't think you can call it fridging, because it was always an antagonistic relationship, and you always kind of knew it would have to be either... He would kill her or she would kill him, just because no one else in the entire movie, except for Nebula, technically, has that kind of relationship
0: with Thanos.
2: I, I actually think, Evan, you just made the perfect argument as to why she was fridged.
0: Can you expand on that, Regina?
2: I Yes. Yes, in fact, I can. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, seriously, because that is exactly what I was thinking is because he has no one else, even. um, Oh, what's her sister's name? I know you just said it. Nebula. 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 Even Nebula, he does not have the emotional attachment to. The whole purpose of the woman in the refrigerator is she is the emotional attachment the protagonist has. And in order for that storyline to move forward, she has to be killed.
3: Yeah, I think I'm like, going to go with them. On that
2: is the, the bottom line. It doesn't matter what the relationship is. It doesn't matter what the history was between the characters. The bottom line is the female character had to die in order to f- push forward the male protagonist's um, storyline. And I think she does do it both. I think she's fringed for both Thanos and for Peter Quill and Star Lord, because he does follow through on his word to her, even though it's trunked by the um, Infinity yeah. Gauntlet, even though he is unable to actually follow through with it. It's still he still follow through on what he told her he
5: would do. Uh-huh.
1: So it's
5: also the impetus that causes him to depending on who you talk to, ruin things for everybody. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean that, that's another that's another point entirely. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that Star Lord ruined the universe.
2: But I think <laughs> I think when we do come down to what it means to be refrigerated, what it means, what that storyline means, what that device means, I think you you set up exactly why it had to be her, because she is the only person in the universe he has any kind of emotional attachment to. So the other daughter, Nebula would not have served for for this.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: you know she couldn't have stepped in nobody else could have stepped in her place and nobody else could have been that sacrifice for him to get that stone so, mm-hmm.
0: so. oh yeah i i found I myself my gauntlet <laughs> um, that's perfectly fine it was very eloquent and uh, very well put Thank um you. yeah i i went through a lot of cognitive dissonance when i was trying to answer this question for myself i ultimately came down well before the recording of this podcast, that yes, I thought that she was indeed fridged. Um, but most of my cognitive dissonance came from the fact that what he like, what he loved her, but he cried for her, he regretted doing it, and before I realized, wait a second, like that doesn't actually matter. doesn't matter.
2: That's all still part of advancing his story. <clears throat> like, how yeah. much more empathy did we have for him because he felt that for her?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, and w- once I framed it as the fact that Thanos is the care the main or the main character slash protagonist of this movie. Like, you know, and 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 uh and once I realized that like holy wow, like this movie has set up a hero's journey for him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Like
0: the, the archetypal hero's journey belongs yep. to Thanos in this movie. I'm like, yep. oh yeah, right. Like she died because she died because the McGuffin said that she needed to die. Yep. Literally, it literally yep. says she needs to die in yep. order for your quest to be complete.
5: Yeah. I love this. This is a trope that I've always been aware of that I had never had a name for before. Now, like I've oh, always yeah. known that this was a thing, and I hadn't ever named it. And here
2: you go, you can thank Gail Simone. Yeah,
5: so,
0: yeah, so there's, that was awesome. There's of, we
2: met her recently. Yeah,
0: there is a <laughs> lot of things that we can thank Gail Simone for, and this yeah. is most certainly in the top three. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and you know, I mean that that really that really set me that really set me off. Uh, just uh, with with the tears, like I think it was like the second or third time that I had let loose in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I was I was very sad. I cried a lot in in practically every part of the movie. I didn't
2: cry once during this movie.
0: That is because you're a Cylon. <laughs> 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 um, and they they don't cry real tears; they're artificial robot tears. <laughs> um, I don't think so, I know the, let's 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 keep exploring the whole relationship bit because we got a whole bunch of new relationships in this movie, and I oh mean, gosh, I, too many. I mean, too
4: uh, many. The ones yeah, yeah. we'll never get to them all.
0: No, yeah. yeah the the ones can. that I specifically yeah. wanted to I wanted to talk about was number one was Gamora and Thanos uh, because I thought yeah. the exploration of that relationship was positively astounding. Um, but we can all, But we also had. A, a, a renewal of the Scarlet Witch and Vision uh, relationship that kind of started in Civil War, but really came to fruition in this movie. Um, the the no-bleep-Sherlock relationship of uh, <laughs> Iron Man and Doctor Strange, uh, Iron Man and Star-Lord, uh, and, of course, the, uh, the bromance that I never knew that I wanted Thor and Rocket <laughs> Did, did any of you, about Iron
4: Man and Spider Man
0: though? That was established in Spider Man Homecoming.
4: So. Yeah, it was established there, but it was. I thought it was. I thought they took it to a whole different level in this one. Like they they sowed the seeds of it in Homecoming, but I felt like it it came to kind of its maturity here.
0: I mean, I I can absolutely see where you're going with that. I mean, I I I disagree because I still feel like Peter at his Peter at at, at his core still looked to Tony Stark as that absentee father figure that he has now lost twice, you know, once in his, in his actual father. And then again, in uncle Ben, and, you know, he's looking to uh, to Tony Stark to be that father figure for him. Um, and that like that, that was riddled throughout all of homecoming. And I also felt it was very well established in us uh, in homecoming that Tony Stark was like the fun uncle that, you know, that like wants to be around for like all of the positive moments but you know wants to give the kid back at the end of the day and just say like nope you know like you can go ahead and do your development somewhere else um, and you and and he doesn't really want to be responsible for the kid and I felt like that really played through the rest of this movie as well I didn't really see well I, I didn't really see anything much more to dissuade me from the fact that he is an unwilling mentor, uh, basically unwilling to really bring a kid into a large fight unless he has a unless he has a very good reason not to.
4: See, I didn't see that part at all. Like, I for, for me, I I felt like you, you're right. In uh, Homecoming, he did very much seem more like the kind of the fun uncle who wants to hand this, the kid off at the end. But in this one, I felt like he had noticeably changed to be a much more intentionally paternal figure. I felt like he wanted to get Peter out of the fight, not just because he was getting in the way. Like There was an element of that there, too, because obviously it's Tony. He's going to be that way. But I also felt like he was genuinely concerned for his safety and realized he was way out of his league. He was in serious danger. Like He's not ready to tangle with these big guys. And then, toward the end, when they get into the final fight, like the final moment between them when Peter I'm fades away. I'm not ready to talk
1: about
3: that. I'm not ready to talk about
1: that. Was <laughs> so the most emotional
4: I've been in a movie in years, and it felt mm-hmm. to me like that just that scene, that like that couple of seconds where you see him just dying mm-hmm. in Tony's arms. I was like, this is where Tony gets it. Like he, he gets the entire aspect of everything he's been denying about this dynamic between the two. He's like, Yeah, I've just lost my son, essentially. And I in that specific moment and peppered throughout it, I, I felt that that was where the dynamic had noticeably changed, like in written in stone for him.
3: Okay. What personally
4: Alright, cool. What about everybody else?
3: Sorry, I'm still. Evan brought that memory on. I need a moment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Regina Tahani, any anything to add to that, or didn't particularly care for the Iron Man Spider Man relationship, or?
2: I mean, it was it was sweet. I agree with you that it was pretty established. Or I felt I felt it was established enough in Homecoming that I didn't feel like it was really a new relationship for this, Um, but it definitely was deeper. Um, It definitely deepened the connection between them. Um, I had had um, his line spoiled, um, and Mm. that scene spoiled.
0: Oh, Oh, no! Oh, my God. People are the
5: worst. People are just terrible.
2: Yeah, I blame the Mary Sue. I stopped following them on Facebook, because (laughs) they put it in, in the Facebook preview of an article that said, like, the most dramatic death scene was improvised, but they had the quote in it. And so.
3: Can I just say, um, one of the uh, guy that I personally, um, I enjoy his work, Dante, you know, I'm uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Wong. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. He posted that quote on Twitter. It's like, Mr. Stock. I don't feel so good. I'm like,
1: Mm-hmm. You monster! <laughs> you I monster.
3: love you, but you utter monster!
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's uh, terrible. yeah, it's that the, that that was emotionally resonant. It yeah, was
3: that was painful. That just—he's a kid, man. Yeah, he's yeah. on his way to school. He's no, you know not what? dead.
0: Honest to goodness, honest to goodness, I think that I—I I mean, I really like it when. This is gonna sound really bad. I really like it when kids die in movies. <laughs> <laughs> because You're I one. because I feel yeah. like it up it ups the stakes. Yeah. I feel like so it good. makes the stakes actually real because most filmmakers will go to great pains to like to almost literally like reach the hand of God out of the clouds and pull the child out of danger. Uh, in any Hollywood movie, because it's going to be a happy ending. But like, when a kid dies in a movie, you know that you know that stuff just got real. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. So so seeing Spider-Man die in Tony's arms, and the fact that he's just a 16-year-old kid, I'm like, like, bravo, movie, bravo <laughs> for for upping the emotional stakes even more than they already were.
5: It's like i And out of the. I feel like twelve Spider Men that we've had. This one is my favorite. <laughs> I, <don't
0: know. laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> I mean that's back.
2: true. He's got a second movie coming out too.
0: And I am aware of this. And, and that's that's that was the difficult thing for me to watch with this movie uh, was that I had to go in there and. And and really divest myself from all of the meta knowledge that I have. Of like, I know Spider Man. I know Spider Man Two, Spider-Man 2 has another uh, is a movie that's coming out. Guardians be. has another movie that's coming out. Uh, um, they are not going to let their one point three billion dollar new cash cow in Black Panther right just die.
2: That was the exact <laughs> thought I had. I'm like, dude. Mm-hmm. not kill Black Panther. That didn't yeah. happen. None Do you guys it-
5: have any theories about Loki? Because he is a huge fan favorite for a lot of them. I, I think he's dead either. Dead.
3: Um,
4: I hope he's dead so much. <laughs> I am so tired of him not staying dead.
3: The thing no. that I heard was that all of the people who are actually turned to dust were just absorbed by the soul stone. That's um, acceptable. Just, yeah, they're just being held in the soul stone. Yeah. Loki got his neck snapped.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, like he looked
5: for- dead, but
2: he's looked dead before. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. a god though. Like, you know, uh I mean, I Thor was died, floating there. out in space when they found him.
0: Yeah. I mean, but his so, neck his neck was still intact though. So
2: Yeah, I don't know. I I, I know. we can talk about that later, but
3: I don't know. I, I think I think Loki's number is up. I I wanna
1: say that he's,
0: I think he's dead. I'd be sad. I think I, I, you're right. I, yeah, I think anybody anybody that died. Before the finger snap heard around the cosmos uh, <laughs> is actually dead. Yeah. Um, that that includes Heimdall, that includes Loki, Gamora, uh, most notably. I don't um,
2: think Gamora's dead. I don't think
0: Gamora's dead. Oh, I, I, think, I, think Gamora, I think Gamora's He toast. was
2: talking to her, though, nope. I don't think she's after dead. the snap. I'm I'm not convinced she's dead either. I mean,
3: Cachella was talking to his father
0: in the
4: uh, spirit world.
5: Oh, good point. I withdraw my previous yeah. statement.
4: Mm hmm what were you uh, saying sorry. evan sorry i i like i said earlier i think she was specifically absorbed into the infinity story.
2: yeah that's what i think too i think that she's in the same see, thing, one thing one other
4: thing one of thing that i was thinking a little, just recently like we assume a lot of these characters are coming back because we know what some of the future marvel movies are but i'm gonna make a prediction that hurts my soul to make but the fact that we know another Spider-Man movie is coming out doesn't mean Peter Parker is going to be Spider-Man. Because in yep. Ultimate so Spider-Man, he died in a very similar way, in very similar circumstances. It's entirely possible that the next speed Spider-Man we get is going to be Miles Morales. And also, even the Guardians of the Galaxy. There were multiple Guardians of the Galaxy teams. And in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, the group of Ravagers led by Sylvester Stallone... Who we barely see was another version of the Guardians of the Galaxy. So you could entirely have a Guardians of the Galaxy movie yeah, no. based only on them, and still be a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. You could have a Black Panther movie Maybe. where Black Panther is not T'Challa. Like you, you could. Oh,
5: no, there's the no more flowers. Oh my yeah. gosh! I want Shuri to be the next Black Panther <gasps> more than anything in my life. Oh, in, I would. Uh, I'll it, be down for that.
0: In the it comics, she happen. does become Black Panther.
5: I believe
2: it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I mean, that's it's how developed it as Well, and I believe I it was either it was, either it was
4: either it was either Kevin Feige or one of the Russo brothers specifically have said, "Don't get used to the idea of these characters coming back." Like the, they yeah. basically said these. days <laughs> that's are like, set in stone.
2: You know, I I I teach my students like never trust your creator's advice about what you're watching because they're trying to mislead
4: you. Well, they no. intentionally made versions of, like, scenes in the trailers that were lies. Right. Like, you see Hulk charging on Wakanda when he yes. was never Hulk. Like, right. You, like, zoom in on the scenes in, in Wakanda where Thanos is there. His gauntlet only has two gems on it when he's got all of them at that point. Yeah. So they've lied about that sort yeah. of a
2: thing. It's just like, but, you know, T.S. Eliot used to write footnotes to his own poems just to throw you off of the interpretations.
1: Yeah. This like, is a long
2: standing tradition. You don't ever trust the authors.
4: <laughs> I don't think yep. I don't think they'll keep all these deaths deaths. No. But also no I way. feel like the Russo brothers are good enough screenwriters to understand that if all of them are undone, there is no purpose in this movie. Right. So Some of them people have, might be to coming. have weight.
0: I think What's going to happen in Untitled Avengers 4 sequel is that everyone's going to come back and then people are actually going to die. And then to the real deaths reels. are going to happen.
2: See, and that's mm-hmm. why I'm mad because I wanted to really feel something and I was set myself up to believe that somebody was going to die and I was going to be sad about it. Mm-hmm. And that didn't happen in this movie. Like when Tony gets stabbed, I'm like, ah, here we go. <laughs> uh-huh. She's all excited. <laughs> I was like, "Let's go!" And then it's like, "Oh no, let me just fix this up." And I'm like, "Okay, I'm good. Let's go." And then I still
4: think he's gonna die.
2: I still think he's gonna die oh, too. Oh yeah, I'm, he,
1: he's. I'm
2: ready to ghost. feel it, and I didn't. I didn't. I couldn't. I couldn't take, as Dante said, and take the meta information out and like get past the fact that this is like such a successful franchise, and these actors are so beloved, and these roles and how they could totally alienate their audience if...
5: if you want to put the meta information in there though their contracts are about to end yeah i know i know yeah, so, yeah yes, I mean... but, but the two <laughs> the two biggest
2: actors well two of the biggest actors in it you know both mm-hmm. robert downey jr and um
0: chris evans chris
2: evans Mine. yeah you know are their contracts are up right mm-hmm. at this point yeah.
0: after and after they... avengers 4 I don't. I think they, either of them are are uh are signed on for any other movies. I
2: thought that it was after this one.
0: I'm pretty sure it's Avengers. 4. Yeah, I think it's uh, because, Avengers Four. Because, sport, but I could because the uh, because again we're going to talk beta information. Avengers: Infinity War and yet to be untitled, yet to be titled Avengers Four is uh, they were both filmed at the same time.
4: Okay. They were originally meant to be one movie. I
2: believe. Yeah, that's what I thought. Well, they were yeah, originally movie.
0: meant to be two parts of the same movie. Right. Um, like Kill Bill Volume One and Volume Two, it's ostensibly supposed to be the same movie, um, but split into two parts. That is what Infinity War was right. supposed to be. Um wow. so it, and it was originally called Infinity War Part One and Part Two.
2: I'm ready for both of them to die. I was ready to to legitimately be sad and, and for cry. Captain Marvel to come in and take their place. Yes. Oh
0: yeah. my yes. god, I cannot wait to right down just, with that. Can we just talk about the, yes. That after credit scene because I mm. literally jumped out of my seat in the
1: theater and
0: I did like fist pumping in the air for a solid thirty <laughs> seconds.
1: <laughs> I and have no problem me, imagining
0: this. The people next to me were looking at me like, "What the hell is this guy He's on?" Exactly. Right <laughs> That's funny.
4: Nobody else in the theater when I was there had any idea what what that meant. I was like, and it even took a minute for me to register because I couldn't see it very well from where I was standing. Yeah, I was like. Oh, I know what that means, and like everybody else, like what? I don't
0: understand it. I was, I was so, so excited. I that that was another thing that made me cry. I was like, "Yeah, she's finally getting a movie! Thank God, she's finally getting a movie! I've only been waiting for it for years." What
4: an introduction that is, too, because like basically, like we don't have hardly any context at all, but like we know that. Nick Fury is seeing this as like an end of the world scenario, mm-hmm. so like he didn't call Captain Marvel when Loki was invading New York. He didn't call Captain Marvel when like Shield was falling apart. He called Captain Marvel at the very last minute when all hope was lost. So like Captain Marvel is like his ace in the hole. His right his time to bring in the big guns. Weapon. Yep, like. So much potential.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh my god! I can't wait for her to just come down and just start punching people in the face. It's just oh, oh my heart can't handle it. I'm hoping the
3: Thanos effect holds up.
0: Oh god! And I have to wait until March of next year to see it. (laughs) Like that is just cruel and unusual punishment.
2: There'll be plenty to distract you between now and then.
0: Well, I mean, there's only going to be Ant-Man and the Wasp to distract me until then. I mean not... I are mean, there other movies? Are there other movies? Yeah. Are there really any other movies? Yes, there are they, lots and lots of other they, movies. I they mean, Marvel. there's pretty there's pretty much just Marvel. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's pretty, it's just Marvel. Okay, it's so please Marvel. let's
0: can let's, we address
2: my question? On. That I put in yes, the last I'm minute. going to
0: move on to the Bechdel <laughs> test. So the Bechdel so, test.
2: Yes, explain that as well. So,
0: dear readers, the Bechdel test is a test that was developed by comic slash web cartoonist uh, Alison Bechdel. Uh, most notably, the author of Fun Home, uh, which is which is a successful stage play and and a heart wrenching comic. Please don't read that unless you have like three boxes of Kleenex next to you because you're gonna cry a lot. Um, unless you're a Cylon like Regina. Um, <laughs> she developed this test to that you can apply to comics, you can apply to books, to TV uh, series as a whole, or by episode. Um, and basically what this test is, is are there two female characters? In some versions of the test, they have to be both named. And do they have a conversation with each other? And is that conversation about something other than men? It is positively astounding how many how many pieces of media that we have all consumed spectacularly fail at this Bechdel test. Um, you know,
2: like most of the Harry Potter films.
0: Like mm-hmm. most of the Harry Potter films, mm-hmm. you know, I would I would like to go ahead and say that my favorite television show of all time, Buffett the Vampire Slayer, passes it in practically every single episode. Yes. I am That's very because excited. he was aware
2: of it while he was writing. <laughs> I'm aware of
0: it, but I am thinking and racking my brain uh, because again, I've seen this movie three times because I'm I'm a nerd um, and I loved it. Uh, of was there did ever a moment two where women
2: were... talk to each other?
0: I... I have been thinking about it for an hour, and I can say yes, yes, they did. It was not for very long. And it was in the context of a fight scene, Proxima Midnight, and Black Widow and Scarlet Witch and Okoye. Um, they all had like a little quipping session uh, with each other right before their little fight scene. It wasn't very long. It wasn't very substantial of a conversation. It was technically a conversation, technically between two women. The film technically passes. In that one scene.
5: It's in that one fight scene, but that's all I that's all I can think of as well. Yeah.
4: But also if you think about it, it's Thanos's henchmen fighting all these people who are trying to save vision. So Yeah. Like it's the So
0: technically they're still talking right about a guy. Is for I, mean, two guys. I mean they're not they're not. Literally talking about a man at some point it is in context of saving a of saving a a, a male presenting Android from a from a male presenting grimace with multiple chins um,
2: one of them is romantically involved with
0: yes that one of them is romantically involved mm-hmm. with yeah. I mean if you want to get all meta about it yes <laughs> Be- um, there was also. Oh, there was also the flashback scene uh, for when Gamora was a young child, and she and her mother had some brief conversations about getting her to safety and come Uh, follow me. Like, that is is a – I admit that that is a specious claim at best. So thin. So thin. (laughs) Did Gamora
5: and Nebula talk at all in this one? No.
0: Not about anything except for Thanos. Oh,
5: because she was being tortured. That would actually dominate a conversation. That makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, to be fair, Thanos is, you know, he is the big bad. He is kind of. Yeah, a yeah. If...
2: yeah it's not. And they weren't having a conversation about that. dating another guy. So at least, you know, it is beyond that. But.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, mm-hmm. does the test just have to be.
0: I think we lost Max. I think
5: we lost him.
3: Uh, yeah.
5: There oh, we go.
3: Can you back. Back. Can There you, you be are. Be back? Okay. Um,. Does this test have to only be taught Does a film fail the test if two women are only talking about a man period or if it's it, are there other layers to it because he's a giant f off grimace who's <laughs> <laughs> going to destroy half of the like gal- half the life in the galaxy
5: Te-
2: technically it doesn't, it doesn't matter who, who the guy is that they're talking about. It, it's not an exact science. Yeah, and it's not I an mean, exact science. It's not, a and perfect it's, it's not a perfect measure of anything at all. It okay. is just one of those things where you know, it points out the degree to which mm-hmm. storytelling fails a I'm, lot of the time.
0: And yeah. it is and and Max, it is not. It is it's not that the film fails because two female characters have conversations about men. Right. It is that the film fails that two women fail to have conversations with each other about something that's not a man. Right. I or, the... or or the fact that the or that or that there are two female characters at all, or right. that there are two female characters who fail to speak to each other. Right. And the really, ris- like
4: the, kind of the main reason why it's such a absurd situation is that how easy it is to pass the test in reverse like it's so easy to have a conversation between two dudes about a dude like it's absurd to even think about having a conversation a movie where that doesn't happen and that's kind of a cultural problem
3: at the risk of sounding oh well go ahead okay I was gonna say at the risk of sounding flippant um, I feel like if You know, there are a couple of people talking about Godzilla. If Godzilla landed in Tokyo and a couple of people are talking about it, nine times out of ten, they're going to be talking about the giant lizard who's destroying the city. But again, I'm not trying to be flippant or anything, but there's a big effing threat.
5: (laughs) I I think that the main point of the test is to whether or not you can develop female characters into actual characters Mm -hmm. that have their own personalities and whatnot. And I, think that Marvel has done a very good job with that throughout all of the films. And so even though it doesn't happen in this film, exactly the women that are in this film are shown in so many different places throughout all of these movies that I don't think we can say that they failed in creating women.
3: Okay. That makes sense.
2: Uh, One, one of the things I would sort of continue the critique with though, is the fact that in the Avengers and in the guardians and in these groups, um, that there still are so, with the exception of Black Panther, uh-huh. there are so few women in each of the groups. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's the one woman in who's, like, the primary person in woman. kind
5: of each group. And it's even uh, mm-hmm. more dissected because there's so few of the women that we do have are capable of being characters without being somebody's love interest. Right. All mm-hmm. the few females we have are... Being fought over in some aspects, mm-hmm. Gamora is a great example. That was hilarious. That was a great <laughs> part, but
0: yeah, yeah, Gamora, yeah, Gamora is, yeah, Gamora's, uh is a love interest. I mean, Mantis kind of exists as an entity of herself, but what do we really know about Mantis uh, yeah. from that universe? Um, you know, we've got we've got Tessa Thompson uh, appearing as Sir not appearing in this film. Uh, <laughs> That's a Monty Python joke. Internet, it's a really old. It's a really old movie.
1: <laughs> I love um,
0: yeah, and then we've got we've Have got you Black seen this Widow. Movie
1: called Monty Python.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yes. So yeah, then we've got Black Widow, who is kind of a romantic interest for the Hulk, even though they really don't develop that all that much like yeah, it's, it's just kind of like touched odd, upon it was what? teased
2: and then it didn't really go anywhere she yeah. was
5: also teased as a romantic interest for hawkeye in the very beginning and then yeah. just kidding i have a family and she knew about it but yeah. nobody else
1: yeah. did yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah it, it's clearly that you know she's his work wife you know that that's just the thing yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean i think it's safe to say that's uh that this film you know has specious claims to the um to the To the Bechdel test at at its best case, and yeah. you know, utterly fails it in uh, you know, at you know, probably at face value. <laughs> it's um, I think it's if you decide
4: that Thanos doesn't count, it does better because everyone is always talking about Thanos in this movie. So if you decided that talking about Thanos didn't count, I think it would pass. the, the Consider the him an
5: evil entity easy. rather than a male, yeah. right?
0: Cool. I mean, I feel like if Like, if Thanos doesn't count, like, you can eliminate 90% of the dialogue in the movie. Yeah. (laughs) Let's be real here. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's a thing. Anyways, um, any final thoughts before we wrap this show up? Do we want to make predictions? I mean, sure, we can make predictions. Evan, why don't (laughs) you start out with predictions?
4: Well, there's one thing I am 99% certain about, which isn't it's more subtext than an actual prediction, but I think whatever the key is to defeating Thanos, it is with Tony. Because we know that uh, Doctor Strange saw all these ultimate multiple future possibilities, and only one where they survived, and when he gave the stone to Thanos, it was with the um on only on the agreement that he spared Tony's life. So presumably whatever future he saw where they win, Tony must be a part of it. And mm-hmm. any situation where the, he did not give the stone over, he killed Tony. So that's my the one observation I've made more than anything. And if I'm to make a wild estimation, entirely ungrounded in fact, but more just kind of in personal hunch. I think Thanos won't be the primary antagonist of the next one. I think we'll have to get a new one because I feel like Thanos is currently done villaining. He's he's
2: Oh yeah, he had a very self-satisfied smile at the end there. <laughs> yeah. sure is. He sure did. was ready and to rest.
4: And we've seen, like, when he snapped his fingers and everything happened, the gauntlet kind of disintegrated, basically. So I don't think it can be used anymore. So they're going to have to find some other means of undoing everything that happened. So I'm going way out there, and I'm saying, in order to undo it, they have to find a different form of time travel, which I think is going to involve a time-traveling villain such as Kang the Conqueror. That's my really out there thought.
0: That's that, that's most certainly out there, but it fits inside of the Captain Marvel realm. Uh, I'm, I'm into it. All right. All right, Max.
3: Um, I'm going last because I don't really have any predictions, just wild and stupid hopes that will never happen, but I just <laughs> want to happen. Okay. All
0: right, Tahana. The Duck.
5: Um, I was actually going to say the same thing that Evan said. Uh, whatever Doctor Strange saw is is what I'm, hoping for. I also love the fact that Iron Man was the beginning and so having Tony be the end would be such a great mm. wrap up yeah, to all work. of Like his character arc like. is the overarching character arc.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh-huh. I like Absolutely. That too absolutely i mean it is it is poetic it's the th- i think it's the thing that's been driving uh, that particular character for the last couple of years i'm always just going back to that line that captain america says in uh, in marvel's the avengers he looks at tony says you know take away that suit of armor what are you you like you're not the guy who makes the, who makes the sacrifice play you're not the one who lays down in the wire so the other guy can crawl over you mm-hmm. i think next year in in or just going to call it infinity war part 2 Tony finally becomes the guy who lays down on the wire and takes one for the team, so that everybody else can live. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, So Tony self sacrifice
0: I think Tony self-sacrifices. I think Captain America also dies. Um, You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna even go on a wild, a wild, wild limb here and say Widow dies. I'm gonna also say that have
4: a Black Widow movie coming
0: up. "Eh, I mean, it could be in the past um i mean i'm just saying captain marvel set in the 90s so and it is very solidly in 2018 in these movies so cap iron man um thor black widow all all die in my in my bold prediction and even more bolder is that hulk and banner become two separate people because there's the reality stone and it could probably do that
5: can shuri being uh the new black panther can that be my prediction because i've never wanted anything more than that in my life
0: (laughs) i i I want shuri to be the new iron man but that's just that's just my thing all right regina
2: okay um i already said that i don't believe anybody's dead Mm -hmm. um so that everybody everybody who was ashed is going to come back in one way or another,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: I'm going to steal a prediction from a fan and supporter of the show Rocky, who pointed out that there are six Avengers left and six Infinity Stones.
0: Ooh. That's <laughs> right, not bad. right. That's not bad. So oh, yeah, Rocky. So
2: that there's some there there's some um, um, synchronicity going on with the fact that there are six stones and six original Avengers left so I'm going to steal that one that there has to be some some significance to the fact that there's six of them left
0: I like it all right Max it's up to you
3: okay this is what I want more than anything squirrel girl
1: (laughs) shows up and
3: kicks Thanos ass you I mean, do it. that is all I want. She's
1: done
0: it before.
3: She, no, she's I mean,
0: she's taking down Doctor
3: Doom. <laughs> I want this so bad. You have no idea. I just and for some reason, Deadpool to be there too. Because why not? I'm into it. it's just Squirrel Girl throwing throwing squirrels at Thanos, and somehow it works. That I just want that so badly.
0: I dig it. All right.
3: That it was stupid never going to happen. i want it so bad.
1: I'm
0: totally uh, girl, girl Sounds good. All right. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for listening to this rather long episode of The Geek Embassy Watches Infinity War. Uh, thank you for sticking with us this entire time. You can find us all on the social medias. Uh, we'll have our individual uh, social media platforms linked in the show notes. You can find us online at uh, facebook.com slash the geek embassy community uh, our website TheGeekEmbassy.com, Twitter slash uh, Twitter at the geek embassy Instagram at the geek embassy pretty much just google the geek embassy and like that's, that's that's where us. we are <laughs> um, and again thank you so much for uh, for liking for sharing for subscribing to our feeds and until next time get your gauntlets on <laughs> <laughs>